Ahoy, and welcome to the Open Journal Blogcast. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and all things related. That includes illness, wellness, stigma and support, and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, education, starting conversations, and looking at some of the tools that support our well-being as well. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you you're not alone out there. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission to say, you just need a little bit of help. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Open Journal, I'm Mike and this is episode 232, whoosh, I hope you're well, hope you're looking after yourselves, we are, we're kind of into winter now really aren't we, um, yeah, it's here, um, so I hope you're making time for yourself, I hope you're looking after yourself, um, as I sit down recording this, hopefully tomorrow, Um, I will be recording the now, I guess, traditional, I guess, annual Megacast with Matt and Wes as we talk who knows what, but probably will reflect in some part on it being winter and Christmas. Um, So I hope you are looking after yourselves and hope you're um, kind of considering and taking care of your well-being at this time as well. I look forward to hopefully sharing that episode that we'll record tomorrow probably at some stage between Christmas and New Year, around sort of late December time, I think. Um, but for this episode, I I feel like I should be starting off with a welcome back, but it, it's not actually a welcome back, it's a welcome to a new guest. Uh, so Emma will be joining us today. Um, I've been talking to Emma about coming onto the podcast and she's been chatting to me for probably, we talk about this, probably about three years um so it really feels like it this was a return episode when it actually isn't so really nice to finally have the opportunity to sit down and record uh, a discussion with emma and i'm sure now we've done the first one um there will be more in the future as well um so big thank you to emma for coming on for sharing her insights and her experiences um really interesting conversation we do talk about a few different topics um as well as emma's lived experience with mental health um we do also towards the end of the episode talk about some personal opinions as well around things like trigger warnings and i think that's definitely an interesting topic 
for us to maybe revisit in the future as well um so it'd be really interesting if you do have feedback particularly on that part of the conversation do let both of us know um because it'd be really interesting to hear some of your viewpoints as well and i think that's i guess that's part of the purpose of the podcast is to prompt those conversations around mental health well-being and not just kind of the situations we find ourselves in but the way that we talk about it the language we use the terminology um and how we approach different subjects and the impact that that can and does have on different people so a really interesting conversation so make sure you listen to the end um and as always if you're interested in coming onto the podcast in the future and sharing your own experience or insights maybe even your expertise you can find information on the website which is openjournalbc.com uh, and it'd be amazing to have you come on and share some of your insights. Also, if you are loving the episodes and you really, really should be loving these episodes, especially if you're listening to them because they're rarely short episodes, um, please do try to leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Um, seem to get kind of, I think the most downloads usually come from Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you can leave uh, some sort of review, um, that's absolutely amazing um, and it really does help other people discover the podcasts and the different episodes as well um, if there have been episodes in the past as well that you particularly like please do share those um, we do have kind of different conversation points or different topics I guess as we have different guests so there might be some episodes or discussions or guests that you really connect with or that are more relevant to you so please do engage and share those episodes as well here we go, about three years in the making. <laughs> um, again, a big thank you to Emma, and I hope you all enjoy this week's episode. Here's our conversation. But it's really nice to sit down with you, Emma, and to be here to have a chat. I think we've already mentioned this is probably years in the making. <laughs> um, how many years is it now? When did you start? I, I, I can never remember, but I feel like we had we had conversations. I think possibly before like the first mental health blog awards about possibly you coming on, yeah. and I feel like that's how we started talking. So yeah. that means it's been at least three years, I think. Yeah, because it was when I was still at iTalk and I tracked you down outside the um, sweet shop. Well, oh yes, outside Poundland. Poundland, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing stuff oh happy days oh getting pick and mix at lunchtime I don't get that anymore um how has how's the last week been for you I mean there's not been pick and mix for me so it's not a great week but <laughs> how's your week been um yeah it's uh I think a tricky time um I think there's um there's so much going on now things are kind of air quoting back to normal um but there's still obviously the the, the fears around everything I, I still have a lot of anxiety um around covid as i know a lot of people do um i'm also high risk so i've got that real fear but at the same time i spent so much time um in 2020 being terrified to do anything um i don't want to live like that anymore so I am trying to get out there more <clears throat> um and do what I can and go to what I can um but at the same time there's still that that overwhelming fear that comes with it um and it's also I think 
But this is the first time in I don't know how long, because I'm not a huge Christmassy person. I'm very much all about the Halloween, autumn vibes. <laughs> um, but I'm so, so excited about Christmas this year. Like, I feel like a child again. Um, but at the same time, again, I've still got this massive fear because of how quickly everything changed last year. And it was the whole kind of, well, Christmas being cancelled, <laughs> really. Um that that's still in the back of my head so I'm trying not to get too excited about it um but yeah it's um it's a weird weird mix of emotions I think it's it's overwhelming but kind of exciting at the same time I love being back with my colleagues and doing what we love doing being able to actually get photos and go to events and film and and everything but it's just so draining at the same time as well. Like, I don't I don't know how we did it. I genuinely don't know how we just got up and did, because we we're meant to be in the office by 8.30 till five. And I, I, how, how was that a thing? Like we just got up and did it. And now if I do it for one day, I get home and I'm like, oh, I need like a 10 hour bath and then I need to sleep for a year and, yeah, it's just a mix of everything, really. So <laughs> it is. A, it is like you say. It's a really strange time, isn't it? Because we've kind of had that that period last year as well to reflect back on now of, of knowing that things can change and winter. Uh, there's concerns about what that looks like, yeah. um, and it's just a really tricky time. We've also had longer now for people that are more comfortable or more confident to kind of go out into public spaces back to work or community groups or whatever and it does feel like there's a that bigger gap now isn't there between um where people are um in terms of their confidence and their safety to go out and do things um and i think sort of feels I don't know I think I've made up in my head that because it's winter those people that are going out and doing things will gradually sort of do less because it's winter um and I'm kind of hoping that then by spring everyone sort of moves forward again at kind of more of a shared rate but I think that's just something I've made up in my head um <laughs> I've just gone oh yeah it'll be fine because everything will get quieter um but yeah I think I I kind of sit in the middle I guess where I'm really apprehensive with indoor activities like it's funny the messages that you hold on to and one for me has been the like you are theoretically safe outside and you're theoretically more at risk inside I'm like right great I can so stuff outside is fine yeah um and outside has been my like okay I'm safer here this is where I can get used to being amongst people again and I think that's my bit of going, oh, I want to gradually approach things. Um, but it is really tricky. And I think recognising that everyone's kind of coming at this from totally different experiences. And like you say, if you've got different health conditions as well, that's going to be a, a very different experience that you've got, not just now, but that you've had for the last almost two years. It's very easy, I think, to sort of go, oh, well, we've I've worked from home and I've not gone out into public spaces and I know what it's like and actually yeah very fortunate to have been able to work and to live the way I have 
Um, and I think that reflection on, like you say, it's very different for people and very gradual journey in some cases now moving yeah, forward. Def- yeah, because I mean, I've got um, I've got colleagues who don't have any underlying health issues whatsoever and they're more terrified than I am to go back in and they don't want to at all like if they could just stay working from home forever they would um and I've always been a bit on the fence because you know part of me is like I completely understand where you're coming from but then at the same time I've tried to say hey look you know I've been coming in and I'm touch wood so far okay you it's kind of uh, I guess at a point now where it's you've just got to try and do what you can to live with it it's it's not magically going away at all um so doing all you can to protect yourself and protect those around you is is the biggest thing but I do I completely do uh get it um but I guess yeah I, I don't mean it in a horrible way but there's that part of me that's like but you're fine, really. So you can do it. <laughs> it's okay. But you know, um, yeah, everyone is dealing with it in their own ways, and and has been the whole the whole way through. Um, but I completely get <laughs> what you mean about the outdoor indoor thing. Mm. It's wild. Um, I mean, I I went to. I think Pride was the first thing I went to um since covid kicked off that was like a big thing Mm. and obviously that was all outdoors um but it was so crammed and I remember just getting in it and being like nope (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if I'm outside this is just no this is terrifying there's too many people and obviously a lot of drunk people people just obviously being carefree and having a great time and good on them but Mm. I was just like no I, I can't handle this and then I I went to a football match the other day so that's probably like the biggest thing I've been to and I didn't expect it to be as busy as it was because it was a late match um but I completely forgot to put my mask on the whole time I was there and I wear like my mask religiously (laughs) so I kind of got out of it and was like okay that was partly liberating but at the same time oh my god I'm gonna die um (laughs) and just started being absolutely terrified um but it was a big help because then that led on to me going to the theatre the other day which was obviously indoors not as many people but um yeah I did I didn't wear a mask when I was in the in the theatre and then um I had my graduation as well which was another thing I was really panicked about but um reduced numbers you know they made sure everyone got tested and had to prove beforehand they were tested so it's yeah it's it's gradually building up those little events to hopefully then start to feel comfortable because my main thing I want to be doing is going to gigs but it's still that one thing where I'm like sweaty rooms with a lot of people jumping around and shouting and singing that's no I don't think I'm quite (laughs) quite there yet no I've seen a few pictures of people like at their nights out and stuff and it just still feels like um I I feel like I'm looking at a picture from like two years ago it doesn't feel like oh someone is at that today or did that yesterday I still haven't quite adjusted to like those things are well not just happening they've been happening for a number of months now yeah. <laughs> um I just yeah I 
uh, yeah, I can't quite get my head around those, but then that's a different experiences people have had. So, yeah, it's. Sorry, it was just because it blows my mind that people went to festivals this year. Like, what? <laughs> that's, that's huge. And they are gross places. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love festivals, but they're not the most sanitary places to be during a So that, I, yeah, I can't believe that happened. But yeah. It's just so, it's, it, like you say, it's so tricky, isn't it? Because I think I'm also very aware that like I'm say I guess fortunate that I mean I'm not in one of those like in my mind like key years Mm -hmm. and I'm not someone that's 16 18 21 25 30 you know someone that really wants to kind of celebrate what's going on with them whether that's because they're a particular age that year because they're finishing college or uni or um like you're going into your first job or whatever um I think it's really tricky for those people and and for people that were planning weddings earlier on as well that had those delay like there's so many big events I think that people haven't been able to to, to kind of do um you're like oh, okay yeah I, I can get why you want to jump on anything as soon as possible <laughs> um because yeah imagine if that was your like you said well you had your graduation a couple of times postponed I think so yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah I, I think I feel very lucky that it wasn't I wasn't in one of those situations um yeah there are well over two years you think like that's that's the length of time that some people would have been at college or yeah. a good portion of your time at uni um has been spent kind of living through like social restrictions and lockdowns very very different experience to what people will have had previously and probably what you were expecting to go there for um so yeah very 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 different yeah I mean just from seeing you know with with my graduation being postponed I was I wasn't that heartbroken over it because I'd already graduated before and so I kind of knew the drill and the the at the time when it was meant to be so last July yeah July 2020 um you know I was already kind of like well that is the last thing I want to be doing right now I do not want to be in a room full of people you know at kind of like peak pandemic um but for the yeah for the people who we're doing their undergrads and we're really looking forward to it um obviously it was an absolutely huge thing and I'm really you know I'm really proud of Solent for being like whatever happens we're still going to do every single graduation we will just do it we'll work it out um but just the difference because I was going into the campus to work um quite a bit of early this year actually and there was no one there absolutely no one it was me and my colleague it was just a ghost town it was very surreal and we were kind of like oh this is nice it's like we can kind of just it's like a being in a shopping center late at night no one's there and you can just run around and be wild and have fun um and then when uh freshers week started and welcome week started it was just oh my gosh just seeing hundreds of students on campus and being like 
oh right yeah this is what we're here for this is <laughs> this is mm-hmm. theirs this is their campus they're meant to be here and it's just been amazing just seeing it thrive again um and just see how excited they are just to be like finally <laughs> we're actually being able to go into lectures and use the facilities and meet our classmates because I've spoken to a few students who yeah they've already done a year they've never met anyone they've never seen what the campus looks like so it's it's kind of like they're freshers all over again <laughs> it's just yeah. so exciting um so it's been really great being able to give them those opportunities and events and everything but at the same time <clears throat> Yeah, we want to keep everyone protected and keep the university open. So it's still very much like, please do what you can to, you know, look after yourselves, get tested, wear masks when you can, which because it's no longer mandatory, it's not really something we can enforce. So it's a bit hit and miss (laughs) all the time. It's, It's really tricky though, isn't it? I think in different places, and that's where I guess it's over to... Uh, like a combination of personal responsibility and also what people feel safe with like you say there are places that we like we've mentioned we feel safer in certain situations and that can change because of the location because of the number of people there there's so many factors for us and there will be for other people as well Um, but I guess looking back kind of a little bit further than the last couple of years like we said it's it's been probably three plus years since we said we were going to sit down and chat the first time. So I know there's been lots of kind of lived experience that you've had, but also lots of campaigns that you've been part of and different activities as well, kind of around mental health and health in general. Um, but I thought it'd be interesting just to kind of give you the opportunity to to tell us a little bit about um kind of some of your your lived experience and how that's led you to kind of getting involved in some of the campaigns that you have oh this is where my uh my brain just goes what have you done what no um <laughs> yeah it's um I don't know I guess for me like mental health and um <clears throat> mental health illness I don't know how See, this is one of those terminology things where I don't know how people are saying it these days. I've always kind of said mental illness or ill mental health. But again, I think it's maybe one of those, however, people prefer to talk about it. Um, But it's nice bubble there. Um, it's, It's always been part of my life. But I think obviously from a very young age, part of my life without me really understanding that it was or knowing what was going on um I I struggled with my mental health from probably around 11 years old maybe earlier but again not really knowing um and it was one of those things where you know back in the 90s how how weird is that (laughs) The fact that people these days are like obsessed with the 90s and I'm like oh but you didn't live through the 90s um but um yeah it was you know it was never spoken about at school um it was never spoken about at home or around friends um so I thought because of you know this um obviously we didn't have like epic internet and social media um we had AOL and LimeWire um, so it was kind of I couldn't just go on Google and 
you know, try and work out what was going on. We had live journal where people would, I guess it was like the old school blogging, but it was basically back then emo kids just pouring their hearts out on this on this platform um, <clears throat> and connecting with each other that way. Um, but yeah, so I I didn't know what was going on. I just thought I was a, a misfit, I guess, to put it in a word. Um, I didn't really understand life. I didn't understand all these weird emotions I was feeling. I didn't, I just didn't get it. I was like, what is my purpose? <laughs> like, and this was at 11 years old. So I thought like something must be wrong with me because I'm feeling like this. Um, and it was only when I, I guess, went to college um, and I, oh, not even then really, but the more I kind of spoke to people who were on a similar wavelength and said they'd felt the same as well, that was like, oh, hang on, this is a thing? Like other people feel like this? And, you know, we'd all connect through certain types of music. Um, again, the more emo kind of metal goth <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, I guess, until I was at uni in my first year that I was kind of like, oh, mental health is a thing. And so what, this was 2008? Like, yeah. So it kind of, took me that long to be like why am I feeling things that I don't understand and other people seem happy and great and they're getting on with their lives and it's all fine um but because I mean even when I was in school and I was struggling I got sent to the matron like and she'd just be like sit down for five minutes you'll feel okay soon and it was like okay uh cool um so yeah so um it's only I guess since I don't know 2011 maybe um I mean I started to understand a bit more about mental health before then like through through Google and and actually trying to access mental health services but it wasn't until um I guess I went through a huge trauma in 2011 um then I was diagnosed with PTSD and I really started to understand mental illness um and in hindsight now because of the work I've done and <clears throat> how much I have taught myself and from working in the mental health sector knowing that there was actually a lot of stuff I went through when I was younger or a lot of stuff I was doing um that was actually really really not good <laughs> really bad coping mechanisms um you know issues with with my eating and eating habits and how I saw food and how I saw my body and all just stuff that back in the day it was kind of like oh you're a teenager you'll grow out of it this is what teenagers go through and it's like no the stuff I was doing no that's not just what every teenager does and it wasn't until last year um when I went sober that I realized how bad a relationship I had with alcohol and that was from 13 years old and it's taking me 20 years <laughs> to be like oh I have a really bad relationship with alcohol and it's it's kind of dictated my life for 20 years and 
you know, something needs to be done about that. Um, which, again, actually kind of ties into the fear around going out and doing stuff. Because um, for me, it's not just COVID. It's the fact that everything I used to do had alcohol tied into it. So gigs are about alcohol, festivals, weddings, theatre, everything, basically. <laughs> like, it was... Um, because I I'd, I convinced myself from such a young age that I don't have confidence and I'm not a person and I can't do anything unless I'm drinking. And that was that. And yeah, it wasn't until this year where I went to events like the football and the theatre, my graduation, and I didn't touch a drop of alcohol. And I went, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> this can be done without alcohol. Like you can have fun. You can be present and be a person and remember the event and have a really good time um so yeah so because of everything I've been through and um uh, I mean I won't go too much into diagnosis or however you say it um because they've been battered around like a cat with a yarn of string um from what I know I've I've always had depression and anxiety um and PTSD from 2011 other things have come in and out between then apparently (laughs) but um I yeah because of my experiences and from not wanting anyone else to basically be alone and have to go through anything in silence was when I really started thinking like right I'm I'm just gonna share my experience that's that's what I'm going to do. And the, one of the first and biggest things I did with that was um, I'd been to court um, because of my trauma and I decided to waive my right to, I can't say the word, and anim- <laughs> we're not going to be able to oh, say an, 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 an anonymity. <laughs> that, I got that. That was that close. Was, I, I knew the word. But yeah, that one. Um and I, I just I had articles in magazines and the newspapers and just went, right, I'm telling my story. I, I It's my story. I can do what I want with it. And if it helps even one other person, then that then that's great. <laughs> that's what I want to be able to do. Put up an art gallery which raised money for um, the it's now Yellow Door, but with Southampton Rape Crisis at the time did a charity swim to raise money for them as well and really just started <clears throat> campaigning more and saying yeah just use your voice use your story try and try and help others um and it's not been easy and it's many times taken its toll um more so when I actually did start working in the mental health sector um because when I was really in the depths of my PTSD I went into this mind frame of I'm invincible and I'm going to save everyone and I'm going to do everything I can without realising that I was very, very unwell and the person I needed to be helping was myself before I could actually help anyone else. Um, And again, it's only really been like being in lockdown was the biggest eye opener for me. Um, because it gave me time to reflect and think okay you've still got some recovery to go through you've still got stuff to work on yourself 
you need to do that before you can carry on, which is why I kind of took a step back on my my actual blog on my website. Um, And just I do shorter snippets now on my Instagram when I'm feeling up to it. Because I, I got into that point as well where I thought I have to be putting something up every day. Like there has to be a story and everything or there has to be a campaign and everything. It's like, no, there doesn't. Like it's it's more important when it's relevant and you're putting time into it and you really have something to say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still try and do as much as I can, but I'm taking definitely a lot more time to to work on and and just work out who I am because for so many years I've I've not known who I am like I said I've hidden behind alcohol and or I've adopted other people's lifestyles and personalities and been like I have to be like them so this is really more now about yeah being me and seeing where I go with it (laughs) I guess yeah yeah no thank you for sharing I think it shows us so much in in your experience that you've had in a range of different things from kind of lived experience to your professional work as well to campaigns you've supported um one thing that struck me at the end when you're talking about kind of that the different way that you get involved now and sometimes it feels a little bit less I do think there's a little bit of um at the moment maybe this will be different in the future but I think um there's a lot of people where we've grown up with mental health not being a thing at whatever stage you become aware it's a thing and it becomes a thing for you when you start to share I feel like there's loads to share because there's everything from that moment and there's a lot from your past that you gradually learn um and then you sort of retell that a few times and then gradually you're like okay I've told all of that everything's up to date and then everything will slow down and it's like oh I've got less to say well also you had so much to say because you've maybe not been able to before um I think it's sort of that rebound or it feels to me now like that's that rebalance of you now share when like you say when it's appropriate when it feels safe when you're enjoying it like when it feels good to share that update whether it's something positive or it's been a particular struggle that you've kind of overcome rather than feeling like I say when when there have been moments where maybe it's more um, like a high level need or maybe when there's crisis happening and it's like there's so much going on it's quite hard to to get everything out in those moments so it's I feel like it's a really positive thing to hear when people start to talk about I've slowed down now or I I talk a little bit less and it's like I guess there's a reason why people can talk less but if it's it feels like it's because actually you're in a good place and you've kind of told your truth um and it's kind of this is this is where I am now um and there's still lots of things that you're doing at the moment and that will come up in the future as well I'm sure it feels like you're still a very busy person (laughs) I, I'm wearing my enemy. This is, I'm like, oh, I'm always so exhausted. I need to take a break. And then someone's like, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's just add on another thing to the workload. Now, I mean, like, just quickly going back to what you said, I've I've seen it a lot with, I think, a lot of people we're in contact with, um, I guess, within, if you want to call it, the mental health community, who have kind of said, you know, they've been campaigning and blogging for years and 
they've said, oh, I, I want to take a step back from this, but I feel like, especially online and on social media, it's who I am. So if I mm. stop writing about this, am I still relevant? And I find that really heartbreaking because it's like, of course you are. I mean, and you're always, unfortunately, going to have those struggles with you. I mean, it will be, it will get easier and it will, will hopefully be easier for you in the future. But yeah, we need to stop putting people on these kind of pedestals of like, oh, you're only about this. That's that's all you are. And I think that's why I try and mix things up as much as possible with the stuff I do online. So I focus on like my psoriasis, my arthritis and as well as mental health, but then also including stuff that I love. So film and, and music and events that I go to. And of course, Halloween and horror and autumn. Um, <laughs> so, so when it fun. comes to Halloween, I do just think, what picture is Emma going to do this year? <laughs> I love it. I live for it. But it's, yeah, because I, I was so fixated on the fact that, yeah, I had to talk about mental health or I could only write when something had gone wrong. And I think, like I wrote a post the other day <clears throat> um, with sobriety, how I was so fixated on hitting those milestones and being like, oh, my God, like in three days I can do a post because I've hit this milestone. And and then in this many days I can do this. And it, it made it harder to stay sober because I was constantly thinking about it. It was all that I was fixated on. Whereas now I've I mean, I, I've had to restart my sobriety and oh, still kind of cooking myself about it a bit. But it's actually been so beneficial because I don't fixate on it now. I just do what I need to do each day. And I still have my app that counts the months and the milestones, but I don't look at it until I fancy looking at it. And then I'll, I'll, I'm shocked because I'm like, oh, has it already been that long? That's amazing. Well done me. So, yeah, it is, a like you said, kind of like kind of rebalancing everything and, and how you look at it. Um, but yeah, so. <clears throat> in terms of things now I'm oh well <laughs> I mean work takes up the majority of my time which I do love don't get me wrong um and I'm, I'm very fortunate to to have found a job that I do love this much um but it can sometimes take away from me doing the stuff that I do want to do because I do get very fatigued and run down very easily um but yeah I guess the <laughs> the biggest thing at the moment is I've somehow become a ambassador for the Southampton Football Club um, No Place for Homophobia campaign, which is is amazing. Um, and a few days after my friend had told me he'd started a LGBTQ plus support group for Saints supporters. Um, <laughs> and would I like to help them with it? So, of course, I was like, yes, amazing which has now led on to me being on uh, BBC Politics South and South Today a few <laughs> few weekends ago, which was surreal, but it happened. Um, and we're actually being filmed at the stadium this weekend um, for a, an official launch of the group because Southampton have been amazing. They're completely backing it. They want us to get this group out there and make it big. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be apparently put on the screens at the football matches before the matches. And we've been invited to go to the Brighton match um, for free, I think, which is amazing. Um, and and have a, an official launch. Um, 
and yeah and I also decided to study again very briefly but I'm now a um, certified specialist in social media marketing don't know where that came from but that's (laughs) happened Um, which again has actually made things worse for myself because now people are like oh well you're a specialist in this can you help me with Mm. and I'm like oh it's just a name I'm not actually that much of a specialist (laughs) (laughs) Um, but again it's it's all things that yeah it's stuff that I love doing and I'm I'm finding myself through it um, and I'm really proud that I've I've been able to do these things because to be honest in 2019 end of 2019 I was really not in a good place like in a really really bad place and I, I wasn't sure I was going to come through it it was just when I started this job as well and even my family have openly said to me we thought you were just going to give it all up and like you know just crash and burn and me back in the day would have definitely but there was something in me that was like no I need to I need to just get up and go every day and although for quite a few months I was I was just on overdrive I wasn't even thinking I was just like get up go do it do it do it um but then yeah Covid happened and as as terrible as it's been and as heartbreaking and horrible for many people it was kind of the making of me I needed lockdown that was my real point of just starting to put everything into place and and yeah get to where I'm going to now so yeah it's it's wild absolutely (laughs) there is a lot there is a lot there (laughs) it's interesting I think I feel like every or a lot of the conversations at the moment there's reflection on kind of the role that lockdown played for people with that chance to kind of um maybe not pause in terms of the work that people are doing because it continued to be very busy especially kind of in that online uh mental health area um but to possibly have a chance to take a break and think about how we work and why we work and what we do and why we do it yeah. And I think, like you say, as, as an element of making sure we're not overburdening with, with extra tasks, but really reflecting on, do I want to still be doing this job or do I still want to be working this way? And I think it does feel like there are a lot more people now looking at, um, actually, maybe I could be a part time worker or maybe I will kind of look at retraining or do something different. It feels like it has been a bit of an impetus for some people to kind of have that moment to reflect um and I guess in in different ways for everybody as well so really interesting to hear it's kind of it's played a role in in what you're doing um I think because the other thing as well is that for me it 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 just put into perspective what was important um and you know how much yeah how much how many small things I was letting get to me and stress me out when I was really like oh come on really like you know obviously I don't I don't want to lose my job or anything but there were days where I was kind of like why am I putting this much time in when no one else is Um, like it's okay to stop and have a break and just and it's because I'm the the worst with like taking time off on holidays because I think I just have to keep going and going and going and yeah it's only been I guess the last six months where I've I've taken big blocks of time off and just been like oh 
okay, everything doesn't crumble at work, then I can just do that and switch off and be like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> but that's that's taken me my whole working life to realise that that is what you're meant to do and it can happen. So. <laughs> I'm yeah I'm definitely one for like in my head annual leave is for hot for like for going on holiday yeah and I'm like well if you're not yeah if you're not going on holiday what do you why would I take annual leave um and then it's like oh wow can I find time and money for a holiday not really so I just don't take annual leave um so yeah it can be a really tricky one so yeah definitely emphasize with uh with, with that side of it and um, I know we kind of touched on a little bit the kind of the online space and some of the different things um that we that we both do um and one kind of conversation that we we kind of started very briefly to sort of touch on online recently was a an interesting one around kind of the use of of trigger warnings kind of the role that they can play or or used to play maybe um and kind of the different things that they mean for people and i think we it felt like we had a slightly different kind of take on it. So I think it's a really interesting thing to to kind of start to talk about. We might not necessarily get to the end of our conversation today, but um, it'd be interesting just to hear kind of what led you to kind of having the mindset that you've got around it at the moment or what kind of prompted you to, to try and pose that as a question or a thought point. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who I was very much... Um, you know, as someone with PTSD uh, who, who'd been through a trauma, like trigger warnings were a huge thing for me, um, more so back in the day. Um, you know, I, I got really angry with people if they were putting up posts about, um, see, I feel like I have to say it now before I say the word. So trigger warning, <laughs> um, like rape, sexual assault, sexual abuse, stuff like that because I I didn't want to see anything to do with it I didn't you know and if someone had just put up a post about it without a trigger warning or even a content warning I was really pissed with them I was just like have a word you know <laughs> all guns blazing um and it was interesting because I, I had that for years and it was even things like oh like if people don't do it when they put up a picture of a spider uh <sighs> big 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 trigger for me massive huge um and I guess it's just really interesting seeing how I think things have progressed on social media especially over the past two years so I still believe that trigger warnings definitely have a purpose and a place don't get me wrong I, I really think they do and I I feel very protective over people so like I just did then I feel like I have to say it if I know it's like a subject which really does impact a lot of people um but then you know we were seeing posts when after the whole George Floyd thing and people were posting like you know really violent graphic things and not using any trigger warnings or content warnings and I was really angry about that I was like you know people have lived through these traumas for years and years and years and you don't have the decency to do that um and then it kind of got to a point where obviously there's annoyingly this whole thing as well where people are like oh my god triggered and they take the piss out of it and I I can't stand that because I'm like it's a genuine thing can we stop belittling something that's actually really quite important 
So I do. I'm very passionate about it. I have a lot of feelings around it. But then, and I think this is more Twitter than anything else, and we know I don't have the best relationship with Twitter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but people were like, um, someone had put up a post kind of saying, trigger warning, I'm about to have a peanut butter sandwich. And I was like, okay. So I sent them a message and I was like, I don't know if you're being serious or if you're taking the piss. Like, they were like, no, I'm being serious. And I was like, well, okay, why did you feel the need to trigger one your peanut butter sandwich? And they said, oh, because it's talking about food. And I was like, have we got to this point in the world where we're having to trigger one about everything because anyone can be offended or triggered by anything? And that's when I put that post up on Twitter because I was like, okay, are we going too far with this? Because I've also had people, when I have put up posts on Instagram stories and I've put, okay, trigger warning, the next few stories are going to say blah, blah, blah. And I've included the word. So, for example, trigger warning, sexual assault. And they'll then message me being like, well, you've already triggered me by writing the word sexual assault. And I was like, oh, yeah, because you're reading it. Anyway, so my kind of thing around it was, I feel like, I don't mean this in an offensive way at all, but it's something I've kind of learned through therapy as well. But like, our triggers are our own problem. And I'm not saying they will ever magically go away. I know I'm always going to be triggered by certain things, even if I do work through them. But there are, they are something that we need to learn to live with and how we react to them so for me someone putting trigger warning rape that still like kicks me right in the gut but I'm in a very different place now to how I was if I'd seen it like even two years ago if I'd seen that two years ago I, I kind of would have melted in on myself but now it's that kick to the gut of me being like okay just don't read it don't look at it it is what it is and go and do something else to look after yourself and ground yourself and protect yourself so I just I just think it's such a like huge strange thing but the fact that because I understand trigger warnings around food especially if it's in terms of eating disorders and everything but not to an extent where you're just trigger warning anything you're eating <laughs> like so yeah I, I could go on about this <laughs> no I think it's one of those where it's a really interesting one and I, uh, it's a really interesting one to talk through and I think it's also really important that you kind of we we make space for the conversations as well like we don't have to get we don't have to say we're going to talk about this for half an hour and at the end of it we have to agree and that <laughs> has to be the right thing it's like well maybe there isn't a right answer and like you touched on we will all have different lived experience that means we respond to certain language or phrasing differently so even if there was a, uh, a code of practice that we all sign up to like that is, it's going to work very differently for people um so that's why I think it's a really nice is not the right word but it's <laughs> a really nice um conversation to have because I think it encourages people to think about maybe why they do or why they don't use some of that language. So like we're talking about kind of trigger warning, but it could be a different phrase that you might use around mental health. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's I guess it's one of those where 
I, I yeah, it's, it's different things. So I agree. I think that there becomes kind of a, a period where it becomes or it has become quite flippant. Mm. Um, and that can be really damaging because it it often when things become flippant, they become mainstream. And that's where people will interact with that language. And that's where they first discover it. And so that's what it means to them. And I think we've seen elements of that around kind of the term OCD being a term rather than a title of a, a diagnosable illness. Um, but I think it's one of those where I sort of almost pick like the lesser of the two. So I, I sort of feel like that the trigger warnings and um, for me as someone that whether you're just on social media, but as someone that has open conversations, um, like a responsibility to say, as part of this conversation, we are going to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, and as you said, look, even just saying trigger warning and then whatever your trigger warning is for, that is still going to affect or react with someone. Um, but the hope is that that is a much lesser reaction than should they see or be exposed to the rest of your conversation. Mm -hmm. The difference is, I think, for one of the differences is gradually as you become more engaged, more aware, more educated in this field, you start to notice that there are, and again, as you mentioned, so many different things that kind of where do you decide your line is for trigger warning? So I know years ago now um there were like a few different kind of online twitter conversations where we talk about mental health and stuff like that and through one of those i became aware that there was one person in that kind of regular membership that had um an issue around kind of seeing pictures that included blood and mm. then so it became a really conscious thing for me that when I mean I'm not really posting pictures of blood but whenever I would see pictures um, and particularly like you say like Halloween and things like that where those pictures become really prominent oh like that must be really difficult for that person and kind of where's our responsibility and it's like I've literally just become aware of it that this affects someone that is in my circle so I think that's when for me it's we are gradually learning about more things and so there'll be more things that you're considering you'll become more aware of the people that are in your circle and that should be a greater emphasis to at the moment I feel like that's a greater emphasis to use a trigger warning because I am not currently aware of something better than that yeah um but I think a lot of the points that you bring up kind of show at some stage hopefully there is something better than that but I just don't know what that is yet. I mean, I guess, you know, like you've kind of just said, like within my friend group, because um, we've all definitely got our own issues, um, we're very conscious and we will send messages. If we need to really talk about something, we'll start it off saying, I need to talk to you about something, but just to let you know, trigger warning, if it's too much for you, we won't mm. talk about it, which, you know, I think is beautiful. And as someone who works on social media for a huge you know institution mm. it's something that I'm like okay you need to be conscious of that because it's, it's it ties into disability and accessibility as well it is it is something you do um yeah get really <clears throat> stuck in your head I guess use the better word um so yeah it's I know, I'm, it, like I said it is something I'm still extremely conscious about but yeah where is 
where is that line? Because then this feeds into as well something else I was going to bring up, which I know we won't get into now, but like awareness days and how they're dominating everything. Um, but also the use of hashtags, because I've noticed so many people will use hashtags which are really personal to people just because they know it's popular. So we'll get their posts to have mm-hmm. further reach. But it could be something really like, yeah you know something to do with like disability or mental health and has nothing to do with what they're talking about like they're putting up a picture of a handbag but they'll put hashtag mental health because they're like oh I know more people are gonna look at this and it's just like oh what are we doing (laughs) but I mean yeah something I could just I'm gonna write a book about it there we go my next next mission I think I feel like yeah we should definitely come back and talk awareness days I'm ready I'm ready to argue yeah. for them oh yeah <laughs> we'll go off on one about awareness yeah. days <laughs> um but I think that's the point of having those conversations people hearing those conversations and then if they feel like um their their view is slightly different to what they're hearing like great for them to then hear people have those conversations and be able to say yep we can get along we can be friends and still have different opinions on this um and still both care deeply about what's going on yeah cool but just have very different takes on what is useful or helpful or proactive um i think is really important i think that's maybe one thing for me is that i i guess i feel that often there is this idea particularly online but i guess just in life that there is just a clear straight wrong and a right and I think most of the time we are operating in the middle and we're arguing over which one of is a, a little bit more right than the other one when both of us have got blindfolds on and been turned around 20 times before we started moving so I think that ability to just be a bit more welcoming of ideas and thoughts that aren't our own um <clears throat> I try and shy away from Twitter as much as possible (laughs) but that was one of the first posts I put up that actually got really Mm -hmm. good engagement and people were discussing it and I thought okay cool we're we're having a conversation about this and I I love learning from other people so yes does come along and go oh but have you thought about this it's like well no I haven't so thank you because yeah we can't learn and thrive and grow as people if we're not having these conversations instead of just like you said someone being like no I'm right on this this is how it is and then people just being like oh okay cool (laughs) yeah well it turns it turns that person off doesn't it if they have a different viewpoint or they've not had that experience to understand why uh maybe like you say why images or conversations around food or calories would be a particularly triggering thing um the there are still I still see loads of the like the before and after pictures um and it's just kind of having that mindset of uh, it's difficult because Mm. you go well if this person hasn't been exposed to why that's quite difficult for some people at what stage does it become your responsibility to um protect or be aware of something that you just aren't aware of like there has to be a gradual process and I think Uh, it's it's just as well people being far too dismissive so if if someone is it's it's about the approach so if someone does kind of call you up and be like oh just to let you know this might mm. actually be triggering for someone and have you considered this and if they're immediately just like oh shut up whatever 
is like see this is where the problem is yeah. like maybe you actually think about what that person said and yeah. and this is why I do struggle with especially like Twitter because mm. it does a lot of the time feel very much like a yeah black and white I'm right you're wrong just constant battle and it's just like I can't no, this is too much for my brain. I can't. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely a lot there, and I think the way I think about social media has definitely changed this year. Mm. Like in the past, I would have always described it as a it's just a tool, and it's how we use it. Um, but gradually, like from the bits I've read and the bits I've seen over the last year of being more aware, actually people essentially people arguing and having disagreements is something that those platforms feed off of Mm -hmm. um and they want that because that develops more engagement it leads you on to to kind of other groups and other areas of conversation um that it's not really just a tool which is unfortunate because i really like that analogy Uh, (laughs) um Uh, but it's it's the different ways that it's used but i also think it does facilitate some of the good stuff that we've we've spoken about already and there's been quite a lot in there um uh i want to lead on on kind of something a little bit more positive so looking forward um what kind of things we've touched on some of those already what kind of things have you got kind of coming up or or planned for uh, well i guess next year really now isn't it i, I suppose oh, <laughs> terrifying what happened to 2021 like did it happen uh, it felt like 2020 was like 10 years and then 2021 just didn't even happen I don't know it's very strange January January felt like about four months oh then it was the summer and now it's now (laughs) (laughs) yeah nearly Christmas um so yeah in terms of so yeah I'm gonna carry on with this uh Rainbow Saints Southampton FC stuff um I am hmm, my goal is to actually start writing a book um whether that will actually happen we will see I'm planning to get back on my blog to actually kind of relaunch that and get that out there today I had an idea for an app that I want to create don't know how to do it but we'll see what happens if anyone out there is in the field of app development please hit me up um but yeah you know like I kind of said just kind of really really growing and and focusing on myself and seeing what adventures can potentially happen um also need to discuss with you because I still would very much like to do a talk at the mental health blog awards um I'd, I'd absolutely love that um so yeah it's yeah I mean because now I've won an award I'm like I don't need to get it it's fine I finally did it so now I can go on to the other stuff um yeah I just there's so much I want to do and I think I'm finally kind of getting back on my feet and getting that motivation to do things so I just need to remind myself to not try and do it all in one go and just pace myself there is time like just focus on each each bit as best as I can but yeah yeah there's it feels like they're, they're not small things either are they they're, they're big <laughs> important things that are going to be really valuable and really rewarding but also at times they're going to kind of really take it out of you so definitely yeah. feels like things to kind of pace where it's possible uh, to 
Well, because I mean, one of the biggest things, and it probably won't happen, it all depends on a certain thing, but, um, and my dad's screaming at me, please don't, please don't. Um, but I really want to, I'm, I'm considering taking on a PhD. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, my master's nearly killed me. It gave me shingles. Like I got that ill that I gave myself shingles from doing my master's. But um, because of the idea for this book I want to write, I have spoken with the film academics at the university and they were like, well, you know, this could actually be a really good research project to do a PhD. So potentially if they're providing some funding, so I don't actually have to pay for it, um, then yeah, that's something I might consider doing, but I have to accept that that'll probably be six years of my life doing a PhD, so. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Will I? I mean, will I even still be working there at that point? I I don't know. So yeah, I'll think on it. Maybe just go down the book route. We'll see. When, when the when writing a book feels like the easier option. I know. How wild <laughs> is that? Like, oh, oh dear. Okay. Um. Well, if people want to kind of follow some of those conversations, hear a bit more about what's going on with you lots of different campaigns and the work with saints really sounds very interesting so um if people want to find out about that um where's a good place for them to go how can they follow you and find out about what you're doing so oh good question so on twitter when i decide that i want to be on twitter it's i pop up now and then i've been on it a lot more recently actually than i ever normally am um but that is do you know what? I've forgotten my handle. I think it's at red un, like N silver. Is that right? <laughs> just double checking. Fortunately, you're not the first person that has said that to me. Yes, that is correct. Yeah, oh, there we go. Good. So, yeah, red un, just an N silver. I mean, to be fair, easiest way to probably find it is through my Instagram, which is at red silver mountains. And then in my bio, it's got my links to to everything to my blog um which I'm still yet to relaunch but hopefully that'll be very soon because again that's one of those things where I just I don't want to put out a post for the sake of it I want to be like right here's a good one let's do it um so yeah Instagram is probably the best one to find me on it's my my main platform where I feel safe and like I'm not being attacked by people and I can hide behind pictures and videos and goodness and memes we love memes so yeah oh, be amazing memes. well thank you so much for for coming and sharing your experience but also some insights with a few different things as well it's been really it's been really nice just to sit down and finally be able to 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 have our conversation I know um, I feel like yeah, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that the next one doesn't take us as long to to arrange <laughs> um but yeah I think there's definitely definitely some really interesting points for people to think about in their own minds as well particularly with like we've started that conversation with trigger warnings I think is a really good one to think about why when and how and all that sort of business as to to how you use them and to reflect on maybe where you see them and where you don't and, and what works for you mm-hmm. um but no a big thank you for for sharing that lived experience and I think there's lots of stuff hopefully we can kind of continue the conversation in the future as well definitely um so up for that and thank you for having me on like i can't believe it's finally happened so exciting. <laughs>
What a way to finish the year. <laughs> Brilliant. We we'd get there eventually. We knew we would. So we did, we did. It took us it did take us a long time. <laughs> These are real people. They have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission to say you just need a little bit of help. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>